You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Thanks for worshiping with us, man, leading us into worship. That's pretty awesome. You got a gift, brother. I don't know if you know this, but I've, I've been praying for you for a long time. When you're, you're answered prayer in my life and Margie's life because we prayed for her for a long time. And God's doing some amazing thing in your life, man. So I appreciate you. <clears throat> so I, I think one of the things about, before I get going, I think one of the, as we celebrated 20 years of, of ministry in, on February 1st, in 1999, God called us into this ministry. And I, we've always kind of not struggled. Well, we did struggle in the beginning thinking about how are we going to do this? And somehow God just brought people into our lives. He brought uh, Pastor Jamie into my life in 2003 and kind of just built this incredible relationship with Jamie where I just knew that God was in the center of us. We were both former minors and we worked at San Manuel. And um, and somehow we met Jamie and uh, we just hit it off with him and Shauna. And they've been dear, dear friends of ours. We get get to talk on February every year, so it's pretty awesome. But I talk to Jamie at least once or twice a month and just kind of run things by him and become almost like a pastor friend of mine, a, a mentor and accountability part for me, and I, I need that a lot. And Jamie's just been a huge blessing. I know he's a blessing to this as your pastor, but I want to just take a couple of minutes and kind of give you an update of, of, of what this church has done. Since 2004, when this, this church started uh, supporting our ministry, this church alone has given us over $20,000 to our ministry. And you, think about that. You, that's a, for you guys, that's amazing. Because I think sometimes I always wonder, you know, we give our tithe checks every Sunday at church, and, and we really don't understand, like, where's this money going to? And I think uh, for me to encourage and, and to just to thank you from, from me and Margie to, to let you know that we are so grateful that this church believes in the mission of FCA, believes in our calling, and allows, again, to support us on every month. You know, you guys support us. And to think about even looking back at the ministry of 2018, is that 124 Bibles were given out to the University of Arizona athletes and coaches because of the support of Living Word Chapel. I mean, you think about that for a second. You put a Bible in an athlete's hand, something's going to change. Something's going to happen. And yet your faithfulness to support us in everything we do, and we sent 110 kids to camp last year because, again, most kids can't afford to go to camp, but the support that we get from this, we get to send these kids to make them better athletes but also make them followers of Jesus Christ. So I applaud you guys, and I thank you guys for being so faithful over the, since 2004 that this church has supported me and Margie and the calling of our lives. So I appreciate you guys, and I thank you very much. Amen. So give yourselves a hand. So, so this morning, I'm excited to kind of just encourage you with, with a, a word that I really feel that God just wanted me to just share with you this morning. And, and really, it's about Team Jesus. There was somebody wearing in first service Team Jesus t-shirt, which is crazy. And I didn't tell him to put it on, but, man, it looked awesome to see it. a lot of people wearing Team Jesus t-shirts. And, and I think that's what my message this morning is, is you think about the honor and really the, 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 the reverence that comes with knowing that we get to be part of something so much greater to the greatest team ever assembled, Team Jesus Christ. So let me open up in, uh, in a word of prayer and then we'll jump in the word. Heavenly Father, we love you. Father, we are so in awe that we get to be part of this greatest team ever assembled, Team Jesus Christ. 
And Father, I pray that the next few moments that we would just share your word, that we would encourage each other, that we have be able to get this revelation of how awesome the calling that you have put upon our lives. So Father, will you just uh, lead me, guide me as I just share your word in the next few moments. We praise you, we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to start off in, in John chapter 15, and I'm going to, I'm going to start in verse 16, and the, the title of my message is Team Jesus Christ. He, look at what Jesus says in verse 16. He says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that my Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. And this is my command, love each other. And, and I wanted to start off with this, with, with this verse because I think it's important to kind of think about this team Jesus Christ and understanding the fact that, that Jesus chose you. You didn't choose him, he chose you. And I think what happens when you understand this concept that one day, says Jesus started knocking on your heart, he started asking you, will you come and follow me? Choosing you, because what happens, I think a lot of times, what happens is, is we always think that, man, that, that if we chose him, then it's something that we have to offer him. But when he chose us, he's saying, not only did I choose you, I'm going to give you everything that you need to go out there and this, this, live this life that, that I've planned for you. And I think if you look at your notes, this is the, the first kind of thing I put down is that today, every day, but today we are being, still being called to produce. Not only are you chosen, but you're being called to produce much fruit. And whatever it is that God has called you to do, think about this. Number one, that he's chosen you. He's called you. And the second thing is to call you to go out there and produce. That everything that you do in your life somehow impacts and influences somebody else's life. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I look at a verse like this, that God has picked me to be on his team, to go out there and replicate and to go out there and produce much fruit. I mean, there is some excitement that happens when you look at a verse like that, right? And it doesn't matter what stage of life you are in today, is that every single day, God still chooses you. He still calls you to go out there and produce that whatever you do, that God wants to bless it, that God wants to multiply it, God wants to expand it, and he wants to bear fruit much from your life. So what happens when you think about that for a second? Because I think sometimes we, we kind of go into cruise control in our walk with God. We wear the uniform that says Team Jesus Christ, but we're not playing in the game anymore. And I don't know about you, but if you look at Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, every person that God called, he never called them to sit on the bench, not one. And I think sometimes we get comfortable sitting on the bench because we, we don't feel like we're, we're qualified or that we have enough to offer God to be in the game. But I'll tell you what, God has called you today to go out there and be in the most important game of your life because he's called you to do that. To go out there and produce. Amen? So you think about that for a second. Is that the more I understand that God's called me. Is that the second part of your notes. It says that I don't have to serve God. You don't don't have to serve God today. You get to serve God today. Because I think sometimes when, when I have to do something. When someone tells you to do something like your wife. You may do it but kind of like not with a lot of passion. Not with a lot of commitment. But you do it anyway. 
But when I think about our relationship with Jesus Christ, is that we get to serve Jesus Christ. You don't have to serve God. You get to serve God. You get to be on the greatest team ever assembled. Amen? So, and I think about this for a second, is that, you know, we don't have to play on this team. When we get to play on this team, is that when you wake up every morning, man, we got to encourage each other and say, man, today, I get to go out there and serve Jesus today. I get to. Because when you say, again, the, the mindset and the perspective that I get when I have to do something, not a lot of effort put into it. But the honor that comes that I get to serve God today, man, I'll tell you what, there is nothing there's not enough motivation when I think about getting to serve Jesus Christ today. Isn't that exciting to think about? Is that you get to serve God today? And I think the more we, we encourage ourselves with that, those words, is like, man, I can't wait to see what God does in my life today because I get to serve him today. So I, I think, again, moving forward is, is that we ask ourselves, what is it that God really is trying to say to us this morning? Number one, we're called to produce and then we don't have to play, we get to play. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. There's a couple of things that, that Paul talks about that I want to encourage us with and challenge us with. And, and if you think about that, I was telling the first service about the six the chapters in Ephesians, you know, the first three being the why, the why we, we have to do this. And the, the chapters 4, 5, and 6 is, is the how. And here in, in chapter 1 in, in uh, Ephesians, it starts, Paul kind of starts off by kind of giving us a little bit of encouragement. Now, I'll start from verse 3. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And he has showered his kindness on us, along with all the wisdom and understanding. Verse 9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Let's jump down to verse 13. It says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Let's jump down to verse 19. I also pray, Paul says, that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. For us who believe in him, this is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So I, I think, let me just kind of just pick out a couple of points that I really want to emphasize this morning. Number one, verse four, that you're chosen, meaning you are accepted. And I don't know about you, but there's seasons in, our, in our, our lives that sometimes we just feel like, you know what, I don't feel like I'm accepted. I don't feel like I'm part of anything. 
But Paul's encouragement to us, you think about this, is that not only have you been chosen, but you've been accepted. And what happens when you understand this concept? How does that make you feel when you know that you've been accepted by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning? That you've been accepted. And it's not because, again, that you're all perfect or you have it all together. He chose you when you were at your worst. He didn't choose you because you had all these attributes. You had all these things in order. He chose you because he had this amazing plan for you. And I think sometimes we, we got to be get to a point in our lives where we feel so accepted because we are accepted this morning. And wherever you stage you are, wherever season you are in your life, maybe you just need to hear this morning that you're accepted. That God's accepted you the way you are. And does he want to work in us? Absolutely. But God takes you the way you are and he loves you too much to leave you the same way you are. And I think the more more I I get this feeling and the more secure I am in Christ, the more I realize, man, he accepts me. I'm accepted today. And maybe somebody doesn't accept you, but I'll tell you what. Knowing that I'm accepted by him, nothing else matters. Look at verse 5. He says, you are adopted, meaning you are wanted. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we don't feel like we're wanted. But God, man, Paul tells us, man, you know what? Not only are you adopted, you're wanted by Jesus Christ today. And I, my prayer is that, man, if that, if that just reaches you to a point and man, you get this revelation that there's this God that loves you so much has, who has accepted you and he wants you to be part of Team Jesus Christ. Look at the next one, verse 7. Paul tells us you are redeemed. And I don't know about you, but if you look at your resume today, In the world system, there's no way we would be redeemed or accepted. But I'll tell you what, in God's kingdom, knowing that you've been redeemed from your old, the old things are passed away, all things become new in Christ. How great a feeling is that? That no matter how bad you were, no matter how you've, you've messed up in your life, that today you are redeemed when you are on team Jesus Christ. How cool is that? And sometimes we walk around like, oh, man, I just messed up. Well, join the club. We've all messed up. But to know that my God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has redeemed me from my past, and my past no longer dictates my future, how good is that? And, guys, we we should be the most excited people in the world just because of that fact is that we are redeemed, not because you didn't make any mistakes, but because you serve a perfect God today. Amen? That's exciting to think about. And the next one is that you are sealed. So not only has God redeemed you, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit, which the book of John says will guide you into all the truth. You are sealed. Is that You know what? You can't be more qualified than you are knowing that God's Spirit lives in your life. And I think the more empowerment, the more you understand that God lives in you, as there is nothing that you can't do in your life. Guys, we, we got to be fired up about this. Is that, man, you know what? We're going to be cheering on the game later on, and that's all great. But to be on this team, that, that again, regardless of the score, that we're going to win this game called life. And the last part is that you are empowered, that you are competent. Do you ever feel like you don't have a lot to offer the kingdom of God? Well, you know what? It's not so much of what we have to offer the kingdom of God. It's what the kingdom of God has to offer us. The empowerment, that we're competent, that we are made right with God. 
Guys, we need to be reminded of that this morning. And, and I, for whatever reason, I feel like God just wants to emphasize is that you are competent and you are empowered to go out there and do things in your life that you could never imagine that you can do. And I shared this, la- this last year about we were flying back from the bowl game a couple of years ago, and, and God just gave me a quick picture of, of, and I just, again, the honor of being able to serve God on, on his team. Uh, then we were flying back, I don't know if it was from San Francisco or from a bowl game, and, and I just started seeing, like, what am I doing here? Here I'm on an airplane with 100, I know there's about 180 staff and football players from the U of A, and we're just flying back, and I'm just more in awe thinking about, God, why did you pick me? Like, what, what, what did I have to offer? And, and I know in my own mind that, you know, my qualifications didn't amount to much. But here I am flying back from a college football bowl game, thinking that somehow God had this plan for my life. And it wasn't about what I had to offer him. It's about what he had to offer me. And the moment I accepted that and said, God, just use me in whatever way you can. And, and I took it to the next step or thinking about, and, and I don't know where Alex is at, but I think about him leading my brother to Jesus. What if he wasn't obedient that day? What if he wouldn't have led my brother to Jesus and all the people in this room that had such an impact on my brother that six months later he would lead me to Jesus? And I think that's why it's so important to know that God is wanting you to go out there and just live your life to be the best version of yourself. That whatever that looks like is that God's going to use it and take it as further than you could ever imagine that it could be. So I'm thinking about here I'm flying back and I'm just thinking about my brother Lino. And I'm thinking like, what would my brother, and my brother went home in 09 thinking about, man, he would be so proud of the things that God's doing in my life. All because he was obedient to lead me to Jesus Christ. And I think, man, the same way, there's people around you in your workplace, in your neighborhood, that, man, they, they need you in the game. They need you to be wearing this uniform called Team Jesus Christ. And I can guarantee you tomorrow when you wake up and you do whatever it is you do, that there is someone out there that needs you to be the best version of yourself. Just to be the best version of yourself. And again, not because you know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but because you know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's that's it. That qualifies you. That empowers you. It gives gives you everything that you need to go out there and live live this life that God planned a long time ago. So you think about the, the notes. You look at your notes. Every single one. What is Paul saying? That every single one of us were created with what? A plan. There's only one plan for your life. There's not two, just one. We may want God to kind of rearrange some things or some plans that he had for us. But I'll tell you what, if you don't live out this plan, you cannot live anybody else's plan. There's just one plan. And the second part of that is that created with one plan, created with one purpose. Just one purpose. And you think about this, everything that you need, like 1 Peter 1.3 says, that his divine power has given you everything that you need for life and godliness. One package, one plan, one purpose. And not only that, so God created you with one plan, one, one purpose, and with all the power that you need to go out there and live that plan that God has for us. You, where can you find a better deal than that, right? When you're on this team, Jesus Christ is that God says, hey, listen, I only have one plan, one purpose. Oh, by the way, here's all the power that you need 
to go out there and live that plan. Man, that's crazy to think about. But that's what Paul tells us this morning. That this amazing God created you with a plan, created you with a purpose, and all the power to go out there and live that. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't, there's nothing greater than knowing that God has empowered you to go out there and live this life that no one else can live but you. Amen? That's pretty encouraging this morning. Look at the next verse, Ephesians chapter 2. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. And I think this is where we struggle a little bit with God's plan. And I think sometimes we look at God's plan and we look at our plan and it doesn't match up, right? Like, okay, here's your plan. Here's my plan. By the way, your plan's over here and mine's over here. It's because we minimize the things that we really look at ourselves and say, God, I, I don't know if I can do that. And, and really God's response was, yeah, you probably can't, but with me, there's nothing that you can't do. And I, and I think about this, even this, this plan, and I, and I put on, on, on my notes is that thinking about this plan, not only is God calling us to a new purpose, and the thing is that the new purpose, the reason I say new purpose, it's new to us. It's not new to God. God already knows the plan. It's you that's got to figure out what that plan is. And the more I, we understand that, what, what does that really mean? Is that God's saying, the more steps you take forward in your walk with God, the more I show you the plan. Right? Because how scary would this be that if one day God would just show you his whole plan for your life? We're like, wait a minute, I got to go through that? Wait a minute, I got to have to experience that? But the fact is that when you look at the ending of it, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'll sign me up for that one. But I think the more we are obedient and faithful in our calling from God is the more he unveils the plan that he has for our life. And I, so, cause I, I, mean, I think sometimes, like, God, just show me a little bit. And God says, no, you wouldn't be able to handle it. If, I, if God would show you the things that he wants to do in your life, most of us would not be ready for it. Really, think about that. We all think about the scripture that God will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever think or imagine. That if God would just give you a glimpse of exactly what he wants to do in your life, most of us would, would be afraid. But that's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of things that God wants to empower us with, knowing that, hey, God, you know what? Maybe I can't do this on my own, but with you, you're going to open up doors in my life that I could never open up. And you're going to shut doors in my life that only you can shut. And my, my prayer this morning is that we move forward, is that God wants to remind us is that, you know what, every single one of us, there's that plan, the purpose, and the power, but also that God wants to unveil his plan for your life. And wherever you're at right now, it doesn't matter, is that, man, if you don't take one step forward, you're never going to experience the things that God has for us today. Just one step at a time. Faith walk. And most of us, we're comfortable where we're at, but I'll tell you what, man, at some point, Man, God wants you to experience things in your life. He wants to blow you away by showing you the things that he has for us. Amen? Sound good? So let's look at the next, next verse, Ephesians chapter 3. It says, as you read what I have written, you will understand my insights into this plan regarding Christ. Assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me this special responsibility of extending his grace to the Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan 
regarding Christ. And if you look at your notes, I just put there, there is only one head coach. There's only one coach. And by the way, it's not what? It's not you. Because, I mean, I would love to be the coach. But if I don't know the game plan, how can I ever call the play? And, and the more I, I look at God's word to think about is that here is this amazing game plan for your life. And I don't have to pretend that I'm the coach of this. I just have to read the coach's plan that he has for my life. So think about that for a second, that there is only one head coach. And I know sometimes we wake up, I'm like, God, you know what? I got this today. You ever do that? Like, I'm in control of this, God. I'll take care of this, God. But I'll tell you what, apart from God, what did Jesus say? You may do some good things, but I love how Jesus says in the book of John, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's hard for some of us. Because you, you may have been successful and, then, and you're full of wisdom and power and, and God's blessed you in so many different ways. But at the end of the day, guys, you know what? There's only one head coach on this team, Jesus Christ, and it's the Lord. And I, and I know sometimes we don't feel like, I, I, I want to be the head coach today. And God says, and you know what? In God's mercy and God's goodness, he'll let you call the plays in your life. And a lot of us, we, we've been successful. But I'll tell you, at the, some point in your life, you will not ever be able to navigate the plans that you have for your life without God on your side. And one of my things about really encouraging our athletes at U of A is that, you know, they, they come with all these expectations. And you know what this talks about? This talks more about an experience than it does an expectation, guys. Because, you know, think about this. The plan that God has for our lives, it's all about God has planned this experience for us. That he's involved in every area of our lives. And you know what, what experience does? It creates expectation. But you know what the world does? The world creates expectation first, and then they expect to have a great experience in it. It doesn't work that way. God creates an experience for us, and all the expectation that comes with that experience, he does. I mean, how many times have we told our, ourselves, you know what, I got this amazing plan for my life, and all of a sudden, midway through that plan, you're like, now what? Guys, we don't have the ability to take ourselves to where God wants to take us without him being the head coach. And really, my encouragement to us is that maybe you've been trying to call the plays yourself. Maybe you've been trying to be the head coach. And I'm not saying that you don't lead from your position because God's called you to be a leader. But I'll tell you what, the more you lead, the greater leader you become is how much of a greater follower you are of him. You want to become a great leader in the kingdom of God? You become a great follower first. Because there is no way you're going to become a great leader if you don't know how to follow and God's called us. I, I know God's called me to lead my family. But I'll tell you what, if I'm not a good follower of him, I'm not going to be a great leader in my family. It's just ain't going to happen. And maybe I may be good, but I'm not going to be the leader God wants me to be without following his orders. And I, I think sometimes wherever you are, whatever season you're in in your life right now, God wants to teach you how to become a great follower so that you can become a great leader. And I, and I think sometimes we, we lose sight of that and like, you know, I know how to lead. And, and you may know how to lead. 
But I'll tell you what, if we're going to expand God's kingdom, if we're going to influence and impact our wives and our families and everybody else, man, we got to become a great follower of Jesus Christ. Because sometimes we think that we're empowered to do that. At some point, we run out. And God wants to impart in us all the power and all the ability and all the wisdom that we need to lead our families so they can become great followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? As we move forward, think about this. And I think this is where we get stuck here a lot of times. So here we are. There's only one head coach, and it's not you, by the way. And I, I thought about this four things, a couple of things that I'm think how we struggle in our life and, and this calling that being on this team, Jesus. And the, one of the words that came to me in, in early January was the word negotiate. And I think when you think about negotiating with God, if you read from Genesis to Revelation, there's no negotiating going on. It's either his way or no way. And I, I just have a couple of points that I wanted to jump out at, and maybe one of these jump out at you, trying to negotiate with God. You ever told God, I like your plan, but? Well, it's a great plan, God, but. But what? And I think sometimes maybe we would find ourselves in like, you know what, God, if, if here's this plan that you have for me, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about this plan that you have for me. God, don't you see what's going on in my life? But I'll tell you what, most of us just read the story that's in front of us. See, God knows the story from the beginning to the middle and the end. And that's why I, I say, man, if God would just show you the end, you would jump in with both feet like right now. But I think sometimes we're, we're, we're negotiating with God and like, you know what, God? I, I know that maybe you are the way, the truth, and the life, but, but maybe I'm not ready right now. I know it's your plan and I'm, eventually I'll get there. And the second thing we tell God is, you know, if I do this, God, will you do that? You ever told God that? Like, God, man, I'm all in. Okay, but if I, if I do this, what are you going to do in return? And, and I don't think that's the way God wants us to operate in our lives. And again, we, we know God honors what? Faithfulness. God empowers faithfulness. God empowers obedience. And guys, and it's not because we wake up one morning and we're like, Okay, I got this all figured out because we don't. But, uh, but uh, the, the more we understand is that God's not asking you to negotiate with him. He's asking you to trust him. Trust the plan. Trust that you've been created with a purpose. Trust that he wants to impart into you all the power that you need to go out and live this life. And the last one is, I'll let you know when I'm ready, God. Because I'll tell you what, the, the more we understand how powerful this God is, is that we can say, you know what? I'm just not ready yet, God. Let me, let me fix some things. Let me go out there and, and fix some things that I've messed up. And God says, you know what? Let me take care of that. You trust me. You jump in with both feet and watch what I'll do in your life. But most of them say, you know what? I'll let you know when I'm ready. You know what, guys? We'll never be ready. We won't. He's going to make us ready. And the more we understand this team, this concept of team Jesus Christ, the more we're we're, we're in such an awe that we get to play on this team. It's his team. He's the coach. And, guys, I really want to encourage you this morning as, as we kind of finish it up a little bit. There's, there's a, another verse in Ezekiel, verse 20, chapter 22, verse 30. 
And it says, I look for someone who might rebuild the walls of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap, in the wall, so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. If you look at your notes, it says, this world needs you in the game. It needs you in the game. And it needs you to play your position. And whatever position God has called you to live in and play in, that's yours. That was created by him for you. And I said, I mentioned this a little earlier, and I'm so glad that my brother's neighbors and his friends here in Samuel were in their position. Because that led me to Christ. Someone else's faithfulness. And I talked about, you know, flying home. and like, God, what does this all mean? And, and I, again, God, not audibly, but I just knew that in my spirit, I felt like God just says, you know what, Richard, you're living on someone else's faithfulness. And, and there is probably no greater honor, as I think about my brothers, that to be able to live off of his faithfulness even today. And there is people today that are wanting to live off your faithfulness. And all that's going to take is you playing your position. And you worry, not only wearing the uniform, but getting the uniform dirty, guys. Because you know what? There's no, there, again, like I said, there's, there's no benches in God's kingdom. We're all in it. We're all playing in the game. And the more we, we look at that concept and understand the principle, is it's time for us not to just wear the uniform. God's not calling you, hey, just wear the uniform and, and look good in my uniform. No. God's calling you not only to put on the uniform, but he's asking you to go in and get in the game while you wear that uniform. And really the last was we're not called just to wear the jersey. We're not. We're not called to wear the jersey. We're called to get that jersey dirty as we live our lives. And I love the scripture that says God will complete the work that he began in your life. At the end, my, 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 really my last challenge for us, that no matter what the score is right now in your life, at the end of your game, guess what? 100% guaranteed that we're going to win. We're going to win this game called your life. And I know some of you right now are maybe navigating and you're looking at the scoreboard like, man, I'm way behind. But guys, we're going to win this game regardless of what that looks like for you right now. Whatever you're navigating, God wants to remind you that we're going to win this race. So for a follower of Christ, every day is Super Bowl Sunday. Every day we get to play in the greatest game ever played. It's called your life. Every day. Because we get to play on this team. And my challenge and my prayer is that today, that maybe you're just wearing the uniform today. Maybe you're just wearing the jersey. But guys, God wants, what God really wants to encourage you today is let, let, let's start playing in the game. Play your position. Whatever God, position God's calling you to play. Because this world needs you to play your position, guys. It needs you. It needs you. And without God, we can't do it. And it's not about your ability. I'll tell you what, as I, as I just pray, that God wants to use your ability, but God wants to empower your availability today, whatever that is. 
And I pray, man, yeah, let, let's, let's represent the jersey, bro. Let's, but then that's good. But, man, let's play while we wear the jersey. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for, I thank you for Living Word Chapel and what they mean to me and Margie's ministry. But, Father, today I pray, Lord God, as we represent Team Jesus Christ, that whatever, wherever we're at, Lord God, that we would be willing to say yes to be in the game. And Father, wherever these, there's people here today that maybe they haven't even put on the jersey yet. Maybe they're not ready to wear and represent Team Jesus. Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. And I know everything's about timing, and, but you're, every day you're calling people to join your team. That you want to move in their life. You want to use them in ways that they could never imagine they could be used. So, Father, I pray you would just draw people to you even now, that wherever they're at, that they may become amazing followers of the greatest coach to ever live, Jesus Christ. So, Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity you give us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.